Happy Thirsty Thursday. I just got off the phone with Andrew after giving him his Valentine's Day gift, which means he finally got to the post office and got back and went to hide in the bathroom to open it with me on a call. What did I give him for Valentine's Day? Well, let's cover that. So I have always wanted to do this for someone, but I have to give credit where credit's due. Alex fucking Cooper. Yes, Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy reminded me of this a couple weeks ago. So I've wanted to do this for a long time. She just happened to give me the idea that it would be the perfect valentine's day gift however she didn't take it nearly as far as i took it okay i am about to kick her off of the horse because i took it next fucking level if you are part of daddy gang and if you listened to that episode you know exactly what i am talking about at this point but if not let's walk you through this all right so i went to the little store i walked straight to the panties section and i spied the brightest the laciest little panties i could find and i knew that they were the one what did i do to make these panties special i knew they needed to smell like me i knew that they needed to be juicy they needed to be delicious they needed to marinate in my bodily secretions and be filthy nasty dirty for this man this is andrew that we are talking about and if you didn't get the memo from episodes 10 and 11 i have to go above and beyond when it comes to the filth and the nasty I didn't just go for a walk in these motherfuckers. I went for a run in them. I let the sweat really build, just really, really build. And then after my run, I kept them on and I just, I I kept going. I let them really sit there, sit there for a minute. Like I said, marinate. I marinated those fuckers, but no, no, I didn't just stop there. It doesn't end there. The story continues. All right, that wasn't enough. I couldn't just write a letter and send him panties that, I mean, smelled like me. Would that be fantastic? Sure, be fantastic. But I am Ellie fucking Ray. I am Ellie Sugar Ray, and these panties (laughs) needed sugar. Okay. So, I have this little tripod thingy, phone tripod holder thingy. I set that motherfucker up and went to town. I took hot ass pictures in nothing but my collar and the panties. Yes, I had an entire solo nude photo shoot in these babies. Sexy ass pictures too, I'm not gonna lie. I like pull them to the side so you can see like my little pussy hanging down. I made sure I, like, got really nice ass pictures. I made sure to get my nice little titties in them. I went to motherfucking town, okay? And then I grabbed my Lulu, and I made him a masturbation video to blow his little mind in these panties. So I kept them on, and I made sure to rub rub those panties into my pussy to get all of those juices up on them. And then I came, and after I came, okay, with this knowledge in my head that I was doing this for him, he'd be watching me holding these panties 
smelling the end result on them soon. I came really fucking hard. I enjoy touching myself. I enjoy masturbation. This, <laughs> this was next level. It was hot. It was a fun fucking time. Took that video, came super hard, and then I rubbed those motherfuckers into my happy juice. I made them soaking in the hopes that they would smell by the time they got to their destination. I also put them in a fucking Ziploc bag that tried to, you know, really contain the odors. <laughs> I locked those fuckers in the Ziploc type bag. I stuck them in a little package full of pink hearts and I sent it on its <laughs> merry way. <laughs> All right, the kicker to this story, you guys, is not the fact I sent Andrew pussy juice panties for Valentine's Day. <laughs> the kicker to this story is his reaction. First of all, before I say this, he loved it. Okay, who wouldn't love this shit? Well, maybe a lot of people wouldn't love this shit, but <laughs> he loved it. His reaction when I was like, hey babe, I, I hope you're not disappointed because I got a little nervous, you know, with this gift and I didn't do anything super romantic you know this is valentine's day it's usually a day for romance maybe not just something super strictly sexual i don't know maybe i should have gone a different direction his reaction no 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 babe it's exactly what i was hoping for this motherfucker you guys this motherfucker actually had it in his head that he specifically wanted me to send him panties. <laughs> now, on one hand, this is fantastic because it's what I did and I fucking executed it amazing. I went the whole fucking nine yards. I made sure that they reeked of my delicious flavor. I made sure I had a photo album ready for him. I made sure I had a little video to accompany his activities once he received them in the mail. And I executed it well. He didn't see the pictures. He didn't see the video. I never made a spoiler before he got it. It worked out fine. It was perfect. I was very proud of myself for all of this. And then he's like, yeah, it's what I wanted. It's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Great, babe. Great because I was on top of my game this time. <laughs> Great because on some weird cosmic level, we <laughs> were thinking the exact <laughs> same thing for this shit. <laughs> When I say that we're perfect for each other, this is what I am talking about. This right fucking here is what I mean because this man wanted dirty pussy juice underwear for Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh my god. I'm going to mail him dirty pussy juice underwear for Valentine's Day. It's a great reminder to me how happy I am. I'm gonna get a little deep just for two seconds because there aren't a lot of people who I would have done this for. And I can tell you that in no past relationship I've been in would I have done something like this. I have truly been... <laughs> 
lucky to find someone who really opens me up sexually and builds my confidence and that I feel connected with on a level that I can do this kind of stuff with and be super happy and confident about it and just, you know, enjoy life together and be sexual monsters together and yeah i hope you guys also did something fun and something sexy and something new on your valentine's day dm me tell me what you did tell me how it went i love all the filthy details (laughs) you guys know that i want to hear uh your story and if things went well, if you tried one of my challenges. I hope everybody had a fantastic Valentine's Day and we'll leave it at that. Oh, I love a good sugar pussy. All right, you guys, this week's episode is going to be a little bit of an update as well as questions and answers. I've gotten some amazing feedback lately and I've been getting some questions from you guys, so I'm super excited to answer them on this week's episode. First things first, I told you guys I would update my status on getting a sugar daddy here in this new city I'm going to be in for a little while. Here's the deal. A couple days before I came down here, I set my location on seeking arrangements to show that I was already here so that way people could view my profile, they could like my profile, and they could start messaging me in advance because usually it's a couple days before you meet anyway and you got to get through some of those boring conversation topics and all of that kind of stuff first. So I had probably five to seven sugar daddies I was talking to seriously and I met with three of them and this is one of those things that I'm not super happy about. I don't like having to meet with a number of sugar daddies. I prefer to be able to talk and weed them out virtually. So I haven't been super thrilled with how it's been going, but it's also not been bad. Okay. So I had three that I met with, three that got fairly serious and I thought I was going to land. One of them is a kind of sort of maybe done deal. I have a sugar daddy. We'll get there last. One of the ones that I met with is actually pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to continue to see him, but the problem with him is that he hasn't moved here yet. So he was down here, he bought a house, he moved some of his stuff down here and we met twice while he was here unboxing stuff and then he had to leave and I don't know if he's going to be back before I have moved on so I didn't know that before we were already meeting which was highly unfortunate because he was probably my favorite of everybody we got along super well he had a super cute dog all things good all right the second one would have been the winner um i'm gonna tell you a story because i think that it should be shared and people should be kind of exposed to various stuff that can happen when you sleep with a lot of people or you sleep with older people and it's not it's not a fun time but it's is a reality. We had a date. It was great. He is super nice. We'll probably continue to talk. We had sex and I was on top. 
This is not a funny story, by the way. I don't want anybody laughing at this. Afterwards, when I got up, there was a large pool of blood. My mind goes straight to, I just started my period. But I'm looking at this blood and it doesn't look like period blood. There's a lot more than I have ever bled, at least at once or at least because of sex. Because my mind went straight to period, I assumed that's what it was. And I kind of, I put my hand on his chest to like keep him down and keep him from looking. And I said, I think I might have just started my period. There's a lot of blood. I, I just, I don't want you to freak out. I'm going to go get a towel and I'm really sorry if it was me. And I'd like turn around and I'm going and I grabbed a towel and I go back and he's like, I don't want this to sound weird. And I hope that you're not too upset or this doesn't shock you or anything, but I actually think it was me here's why. And he has arthritis, so he takes this medication that has caused blood vessels to break before. And apparently hadn't happened for a long time. But as soon as he said that, I was like, that's definitely what it was. That was not me. It was a little, a little shocking, but basically everything was fine. We just, we cleaned it up. He was fine. You know, that kind of stuff can happen. So all in all, he cannot continue an arrangement because his dick has broken for a while which is (laughs) unfortunate. So I tell this story not because it's like a thrilling story to be telling you guys, but just because I think exposure to the reality surrounding some stuff that can happen during sex is important. And not only is this podcast for fun and for sharing fun stories, but it's also to expose people to realities and to become okay talking with this kind of stuff more often and that involves talking about the hard stuff too which can sometimes be conditions or problems sexual problems stuff like this that's not so much fun so he's out and that's unfortunate because i really wanted it to work out with him but (sighs) number three number three is working out we met we had fun together and it's great the allowance is great it's a little bit less easy than some sugar daddies who I've had before. Uh, The sex lasts longer than I would love, but it isn't bad. He's a really nice guy. He's really sweet. He's just really busy. So another downfall to this particular sugar daddy is that we can't meet as often as I would like. But that's been my uh, exposure here in like the what week and a half I've been down here, something like that. That's where I'm at though. That's your guys' update. And hopefully number three, Sugar Daddy number three that I just told you about works out and I will let you know more about that next week if it's working out. All right, questions and answers. Again, thank you so much to everybody who's asked me questions, who's reached out on Instagram. I love talking to you guys. I love hearing from you guys. It really makes me feel like there are people out there who enjoy this and it's not just a couple of my friends listening to this every single week, which is amazing. And I love you guys. And I want to be here answering questions. It really helps me out to know what kind of things I'm missing because I definitely miss things in this podcast. So if you guys point those out, I can come back to them and talk about them more. Question number one, how do you and Andrew do BDSM long distance and how are you keeping the dynamic working? This beautiful question came from somebody who answered the anonymous survey, so it's a great question, and I'm excited to answer it, but it is kind of a hard question, so bear with me here. There are some tools that we use that I will address, but 
for the most part, I would say that we keep it going just in the little things. So how we address each other, what we remind each other of constantly, and the little things that we do for each other are really the biggest factor in how we have kept the dynamic working. Using titles and names, I call him daddy and he calls me princess or little one. And so just using those titles and using those names for each other in normal conversation, normal texting, especially when we're really feeling our roles. So I slip in and out of what is called little space as a little And sometimes I'm feeling it more strongly than others. Sometimes I'm not feeling it at all. But when I'm feeling little, I I call him daddy a lot more. And sometimes I will like be really annoying and (laughs) send like my bit emoji with the little peaky thing and just be like, hey, daddy, I need attention. So if I'm feeling it and if I feel like I need attention or if I'm feeling really little, those types of things come out a lot more. Um, Baby talk comes out a lot more like text version of baby talk. So like I add S's on the end of things or um, I do cute stuff, which probably he is the only one on the planet that thinks it's cute. Everybody else thinks it's pathetic, but that's okay. No, it's it's really special and it's really, really nice that we're both super comfortable in our roles already going into the distance. So that way we're able to kind of bring it back and ground it in these things. And we know, know each other well enough to recognize these signals and be there for each other, how each other needs it. In just like the simplest ways, calling each other our pet names and titles and how we speak to each other. Smallest, smallest possible way to keep the dynamic working but it's super effective. I have recently started coloring him digital pictures that I send to him. That's another thing kind of related to little space is I like to pick a picture that I specifically think makes me think of him or makes me think of us and then I color it and I send it to him and that's been really really special because I like coloring anyway on my own when it's just for me but then when I specifically go into it this is for daddy and I pick the picture and then I color it and then I send it to him. It feels, makes me feel a little bit more connected to him because I know that he likes it and I like it and it's just, it's a fun thing to do. Now, something that we set up before he left was, it was actually part of like his Christmas present. So for Christmas, (laughs) I set up this virtual scavenger hunt. So I made a Trello board. I made like an about me quiz and it all led to this email address that I had created just for us, like a safe space for us to send each other notes, send each other letters, send each other pictures. I've sent him porn I was watching on there once. I've sent him love letters. I have an entire album of nudes that I've taken for him. Various things like that. Today, I he's reading my favorite book series. And when we were together, Sometimes he would read to me, and sometimes I would read to him, and it was like a special, like, active service we could do for each other, and so I recorded myself reading the chapter he is on in that book today, and then I sent it over Drive via that email with a little note in there to him. So it's various stuff, like, we can do for each other. It's various time we can spend on each other, either writing each other letters, or, <laughs> like, he sent me a dream that he had like a very intense dream it was basically a fantasy scene 
which was really hot and it made me very very horny i'm gonna leave it at that so we (laughs) use it for all sorts of things but it is a really good way for us to connect with each other so the email has been a really solid tool and i want to mention really quickly that these type of things like the email can be a fantastic tool even if you're not long distance so it can be used distance or not distance and something i was thinking of the other day about this email is it could be a really powerful tool for people who have a difficult time with communication so having an email set up as a safe space for these types of things can be a huge conduit for difficult topics if you're like me i've had a hard time accepting certain things about myself certain kinky things about myself like sometimes i have a hard time accepting that i'm into something coming from where i come from i still have like this wall that i have to break through sometimes of various kinks or whatever that i've convinced myself is weird or i shouldn't like because it's wrong that kind of stuff so if there's a fantasy or a kink or a fetish right and I'm having a hard time accepting that part of myself, it can be really, really hard to share it. But if I have a fantasy, I have the hardest time telling Andrew that fantasy. There have been times he's literally sat there for longer amount of time than I'm proud of getting me to open up about it. And it's always good for me because it's once I finally say it, it's easier to accept, especially when I get the accepting and excited reaction rather than a judgmental one, which I always know I'm not going to get a judgmental answer, like response, especially from him. But actually living through it is something that convinces me of it. It teaches me of it better than just logic. But back to the email, something that it could be really powerful for is just opening up about those types of things. If there's something you want to try, but you're embarrassed to admit to, or if there's something you want to try, but you don't want to have that conversation in person about it because you feel like it might ruin the experience a little bit, you can just change how you communicate about it. So I think that it's a really fantastic tool to use in a relationship, regardless of your dynamics, regardless of your situation. It's just a very good tool for communication if that's something that you have a hard time with. So that basically covers how we have maintained our dynamic long distance and BDSM long distance. It's not perfect. There are still days where we can't talk a lot or still days where I feel like a little disconnected. The only thing I have desired that I'm not getting from the distance relationship is just a little bit more time, a little bit more privacy with him, which would be great. But unfortunately, the circumstances of the particular trip that he is on hasn't allowed for a lot of that. But he's getting a break soon and you guys best believe there is going to be a lot of video calls. Like, mm -hmm, I need those. I need those in my life. Lastly, on this, I just wanted to give some ideas for other people in distance relationships, uh, particularly BDSM dynamics that work for a lot of people that we don't do. Um, But other ideas are just like daily activities, chores, or responsibilities for each other. (laughs) So I saw a really cute one the other day, (laughs) which is the daily panties update. And Sub was talking about how she has to send like a description or a picture of the panties that she's wearing 
to her dom every morning and i think it's adorable and really fucking cute you can also do like chores responsibilities that you would do in a normal dynamic that involves those kind of things so andrew and mine does not these things can be really really helpful and good reminders for people who enjoy them of roles and dynamics just different directions and different paths of taking these things so and if you have those in person there's no reason that you can't have them distance either sometimes it just takes a tiny bit of creativity of how to do things virtually or how to maintain responsibility there are also apps so there's one app called the obedience app it's a habit tracker for bdsm couples so you can keep tabs on each other you can keep tabs on punishments and responsibilities and chores and stuff if you guys are into that i have absolutely zero experience with it i've just seen it mentioned on instagram and twitter pages for bdsm and it sounds interesting personally i'm not super into the idea of having chores and stuff but that's personally me all right moving on to question number two how do you go about talking about sexual safety stds and stis in sugar relationships as well as just in general and is there a way to confirm they get tested very quickly Yes, medical records have been made very easy to access in the last couple years online. In general, at least in my experience, I can pull up my recent tests in a matter of minutes to prove to somebody if they want to see it or if we're exchanging proof of testing. I can't say everybody has access to these types of things and medical records as easily. However, I would be a little bit more skeptical if somebody vehemently refusing to show you and that's something that's important to you to see so yes you can get proof you can always get proof and you are always entitled to ask for it i want to put that out there if somebody is going to have sex with you they can put up with proving that they are clean that's my opinion thank you for coming to my ted talk but sexual safety is really important especially when you're having multiple partners what i'll say about this is it's really important to have the conversation early on and the question was asked in kind of a way of how do you bring the topic up and how do you ask the questions there is a really solid opening here that you can use and that i use for this particular conversation topic right when you're talking about the arrangements a lot of the time the question of sex comes up sometimes it's kind of vague sometimes it's very very direct but almost always the sugar daddy is going to mention or confirm that you are willing to be intimate with them or have sex with them because there are a lot of women we'll talk about this later who want a platonic only arrangement but a lot of sugar daddies are wary of that they're wary of you suddenly not wanting to hit the mattress with them and so they will either vaguely or very directly ask you about the sex or mention the sex and then kind of like give you that look of how did they react are they okay with it like they know this is part of the arrangement right so that is always the opening that i use to talk about it to give them a coy little smile and be like oh yeah no i i'm a really sexual person so i like that aspect in my relationships and then from there hit the hard stuff and then i'll say i do want to get on the same page about a couple things though and make sure like we're using condoms and that kind of stuff and then i wait and see how they respond 
Okay, I have had arrangements. We do not use condoms. Many, many SDs do not want them. If they agree, if they're like, yeah, yeah, condoms are cool, I'd be like, and I just want to be really, really safe and really clear here. When was the last time you got tested? How many partners do you have? Da 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 da. And I ask those questions anyway. It's just a really good way to confirm that I'm serious about it and to confirm in their mind that I am going to hold them responsible in the future every time we have sex to be safe. If they respond negatively, it is up to you what to do. Uh, Personally, if you are not willing to play with the idea of condomless sex and they respond negatively, I would take that as a big red flag and leave. I would not engage in an arrangement with them. Even if I, even if they're just grumbly about it, I would take that as a red flag. I don't like playing with fire when it comes to sugar arrangements. So if using condoms is a must for you, which I would recommend that it is, then any type of pushback about using them, what that means is you're only seeing the first little bit of it. There's going to be a lot more and they're going to try to get away with more and more every single time. I do find that this conversation is easier with sugar daddies than just general people I'm hooking up with for a number of reasons. One, they are older and it feels less awkward to discuss like hard topics and they're usually easier to talk to about sex in general with to just have like a conversation about it. And then also because it's an arrangement and strict terms regarding every other aspect of the arrangement is talked about. So this is kind of a natural topic to be discussed as well, like as well as everything else, right? It's a very normal thing when you're also talking about how often you want to meet and what kind of dates you want and what's expected and what kind of intimacy they like, all of that kind of stuff. As far as sugar dating goes, I know the pressures that are there. I know what you face and the awkwardness that can ensue if you don't have this conversation earlier on and then they're like on top of you and their penis is getting very close to your vagina and you're like, are you going to put a condom on? And then they're like, I'm paying for this. And then you're like, oh my God, they're, oh shit, what have I done? And then the whole time they're fucking you, you're like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get an STD. I know I'm getting an STD right now. And then you leave and then you go get tested and you, in your head, make up all these symptoms that you don't actually have, but you think you have them. And then you get tested and they come back as negative and you're like, how did I get so lucky? (laughs) Just know that that can happen if you don't have the conversation early on. So just deal with the awkwardness. You know what? The worst that happens is you don't have an arrangement with them. It's literally the worst thing that happens. I'm going to tell you a little story really quickly. So I remember the closest I came to having an SCD or SCI was exposure to chlamydia. I got a call. Then I started to be like, oh my God, I am about to leave on a trip where I'm not going to have phone service for like a week. Being me had had a number of recent partners. Well, that number's two. Okay. So here's, here's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, I'm about to leave on this trip. I do have time to get tested. I'm not going to have phone service. I'm not going to get my results back till I'm back next week. That's a whole week that these people could be spreading it if they don't know. I have to decide if I don't tell them because I don't know if it's positive yet and I wait an entire week and then tell them if it's positive but avoid the awkward conversation if it is negative or I tell them that there's a potential exposure and I'd be safe. There is an obvious right choice. 
So I made the decision to tell the guys. Unfortunately, my ex was one of them. My ex who I was trying to get back. (laughs) I didn't want him to go off and spread it and then tell him because I knew that just the possibility was going to be bad enough. So I told him and he reacted horribly. He went straight to the fact that I was a sugar baby. He went straight to blaming sugar daddies and he patronized me and to this day I believe that that was the last straw for us. So turns out I didn't have it and neither did he. I could have avoided the entire situation by just keeping my mouth shut. But here's the thing. I couldn't on my conscience just leave things be and have him possibly spread it and then cause even more problems and hurt more people. And that's why I made the decision I did. I realized that this story might be kind of scary and it might not be encouraging to be open and honest about these things, except that it is encouraging to be open and honest about these things. Because I can tell you, I have never felt more mature or more proud of myself than after I made that decision and followed through with it. The way I approached it and I handled it and I handled myself when he was sitting there lecturing and patronizing me and giving me a hard time and talking about how, oh my God, he had to get a cotton swap shoved in his dick and oh my God, he's never had this happen to him before and it's all my fault. And I sat there and I was mature and I was an adult about it and I let him rant And I sat there staring at him, realizing what a fucking baby he was. And in that moment, I never felt better about myself. I don't give a fuck if I had chlamydia at that point. Because here's the flip side of that story. Here's the other side. I did the same thing with the other guy who I had slept with since the possible exposure. And he thanked me for letting him know said he would go get tested just to be sure, and he'd let me know the results. Clear cut, very, very, very mature and responsible. And this man had a history of chlamydia being really bad for him and affecting him very, very badly. And he still handled it with grace, love, and care. And he let me know when it was negative, and he thanked me again. He, he thanked me for telling him and he thanked me for being open about it and for trusting him. And that, my friends, is how it should go, especially with chlamydia. According to the CDC, chlamydia is the most frequently reported bacterial sexually transmitted infection in the United States. In 2018, it was estimated that there were at least 4 million cases. And it is easily treated with antibiotics within seven days. You pop like two pills, whoop-de-doo, and it's gone. No one should ever feel gross or shamed for an STD or an STI. They can happen to anyone, and the more fear surrounding them, the less honest people are going to be with each other, and the more they're going to spread. Okay, and another side of the question, I'm almost done with this, you guys, but another part of the question was just general partners which is definitely different for me than sugar dating uh, because I don't have that like sit down conversation about all of the terms of our relationship, you know. That's not how general dating or hookups go. Always use a condom, but then I also will typically ask them if they're clean and when the last time they were tested was. And if if they're receptive to that question and if they have an answer for me 
and they can tell me like generally when the last time they were tested was I believe them I give them the benefit of the doubt so the biggest thing is I generally only sleep with people that I have some sort of connection with anymore like I used to do the whole like hookup thing a lot more than I do it anymore and when you have a connection with somebody when you have like at least like a friendship with them they're generally more open and honest with you than if they don't care about you and there's no stakes in it let me know you guys what your thoughts are because i'm sure that i missed a lot of things or just let me know what you say to a partner because i'm really curious all right with covid and the pandemic how do you go about staying safe covid definitely changed sugar dating so i remember when it first hit i didn't have a sugar daddy at the time i was actually looking for one and literally all of my prospects of finding one froze at the time everyone was nervous of meeting somebody new so nobody really had figured out how they were going to manage the situation and what's crazy is suddenly there were all of these sugar daddies open to an online arrangement which is fucking wild because that never happens you guys anytime somebody offers an online arrangement assume it's a scam and yet there were enough people who were like i suppose i might be open to it but it's gonna take a lot of zoom dates first and it was the craziest thing for me that anybody would be open to that they also were very specific that they were offering less money but i did see more of those pop up when covid was the first thing although they've kind of teetered out i haven't really seen any recently that is something that really happened a lot though was zoom dates or facetime dates i did a number of those because anybody who was up for meeting definitely wanted to have a couple zoom dates first and make sure that it was something that was going to last because that's the hardest part of dating during the pandemic or sugar dating during the pandemic specifically it took me a couple months to really figure out how sugar dating was going to be changed and how to manage it for myself even eventually things kind of smoothed out and people were willing to take a little bit more risks and were more comfortable with that personally i want to keep people safe so whenever i am going to meet somebody sugar or non-sugar I'm honest about my actions. You know, I wear a mask, but sometimes I go out to eat. I do dine out. Um, I do meet people new every now and then. You might be one of them. I haven't holed up this entire year and not gone out or seen anybody. I have, and I do. I have run into sugar daddies who require tests um, and quarantines in order to meet them. Um, I've also had daddies who literally don't care at all one bit. Like they don't bring it up. They don't give a shit (laughs) and and honestly how I have managed it and how I have kind of dealt with COVID this entire pandemic is I leave it up to them people were a lot more safe at the beginning of the pandemic than they are now but you know that's kind of to be expected last question for today you guys a lovely listener dm'd me this one which is a question i get a lot not only from listeners but also just from friends so i'm going to touch on it very quickly there's not a ton to say about it Do you think there are some men who want a sugar baby but don't want to have sex or do sexual acts? The answer to this high ticket question. Yes, there are what I call platonic arrangements. There are, but there are very, very, very few of them. Okay, in my four years, I have met, I think, 
one sugar daddy. I don't typically ask for this, so I could be missing them. But I know of one sugar daddy who offers money to be a sugar baby and ask for nothing sexual. And here's the thing with him is he offered, I think, $100 every date to go out with him and keep things platonic. He offered $500 for a sexual arrangement. And that meant that means going on a date, being their companion, spending time, being a sugar baby, that it has the relationship that includes sex. So the short answer to this question is that they exist, but you don't make nearly, nearly, nearly as much. And they're very, very hard to find. They're going to take a lot more work to find. If you have the perseverance and motivation to find one, and you do, I want to know about it because I think that's awesome. And I have, here's the thing. I have seen articles and I've seen media representation of sugar dating in the past where the girl swears up and down that they don't do anything sexual and yet he entirely supports her life, blah, blah, blah. A, she has found the golden ticket, right? Or she's lying. I don't like not believing people. Generally, I give people benefit of the doubt. But in my experience, it just is extraordinarily rare to find the good sugar relationship without sex. So if you're looking for a sugar daddy to just give you a gift every now and then in exchange for a relationship or that companionship without the sex sexual side, you might be able to find that fairly easily. It's still going to take some work and take some time sifting through everybody who wants sex. Um, but I would say that that's probably more realistic than actually getting like a money allowance without sex. So that's just my two thoughts. On this, I also want to give out a couple warnings. These type of arrangements make me a little nervous because they're slightly more dangerous. You are probably going to run into guys that say they're okay with no sex at first, but start to apply pressure later on in the arrangement or later on in the relationship. As shitty as it is, as messed up as it is, this is something I would seriously watch out for if you're looking for a platonic arrangement. I would watch out for any red flags the first couple times you meet. Any any slight jokes or comments about how they want to sleep with you or too directed at physical traits or too sexual in general. I would be very concerned that they're going to try to take advantage of you. They're going to try to get you drunk and take advantage of you. Or they're just going to continually applying that pressure and making you feel bad about not sleeping with them and use money as a temptation to get you to. And like I've said before, you have to set your standards and set your lines before you get into an arrangement. And if not having sex is one of them, you stick to it. Like you have to stay true to yourself if that's something that you've decided for yourself. So be very, very, very wary of anybody who's going to start pressuring you into something like that. Because when there's money involved, there's pressure that can be applied. And it's, it's a very dangerous and slippery slope to start entering. The other warning about these is online arrangements, right? So online arrangements or platonic arrangements are offered all the time as scams. These are almost always offered as a scam. If you find one, 
you're probably going to have to find it yourself. It's not going to be somebody just offering this to you. I've gotten offered these arrangements a lot and they're always a scam. It's always somebody who's going to be like, oh, hey, I just, I just need help setting this up. Could you send me 20 bucks first? Or, oh, hey, I need to know that I can trust you and that you're investing in this as much as I'm investing in this. Can you just send me a hundred bucks? And when they're offering you like a couple thousand dollars a month or even just a thousand dollars a month, 20 bucks, a hundred bucks, it doesn't sound like very much. But when they do this over and over and over again, it adds up. And that's exactly how they scam people. And that's exactly how you get manipulated. But just be very wary of anybody who asks you for anything. You never give them a thing. You don't give them information about yourself. You don't give them any type of access information. Use a different internet number that's not your real phone number just to be entirely safe. Just never give them any type of information. Never send them money anything like that. That is what I have to say. If you're trying to get a platonic arrangement, you have my blessing. I don't have a problem with a sexual arrangement personally. I'm only going to be hanging out and having an arrangement with sugar daddies that I have a connection with and I have chemistry with and I enjoy spending time with. And so when all of those things, when all of those boxes are checked, like A sexual side is not a problem for me. I am sexual enough as a person and I enjoy it enough that it's just, it doesn't seem like anything weird to me at all. It's not something I don't want to do. So personally, I've never tried very hard to get a platonic arrangement. So I could be entirely wrong and maybe you can find one right away, but you best tell me about it and DM me your experiences and just don't fall for any scams, please. And don't let anybody take advantage of you. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for joining me. I hope that you guys got a lot out of this and I hope it inspires some of you to ask me some more questions. I enjoy getting them. I enjoy meeting you guys. So even if you guys just want to drop in to say hi, I would love to chat. I would love to meet you and get to know you. So I hope you guys listened to my episode on the talk podcast this week. I had so much fun with Jenny recording it and I was super nervous listening to the episode because I didn't edit it so I didn't know how much of myself sounding like a dumbass was included (laughs) but it turned out really good and I actually realized as I was listening to it that she asked some really good questions and got me to talk about stuff that I haven't talked about on Sugar Pussy before and I go a little deeper and she's able to get some good information out of me. So if you want to see another side of me, go check out her last episode open on the talk podcast. It's, it's on Spotify and it's on Apple and you can get links to that. I've made a number of posts on Instagram linking to her Instagram. So go follow. And don't forget, if you're not following Sugar Puss Pod on Instagram, go do that. Go do that right now. It's your homework. I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, I love a good sugar pussy. <laughs>